1: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, March the 10th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith, who is fighting the good fight, trust me, this week, with everything he's had to deal with, internet-wise and connectivity-wise. But he's connected via phone and joining us here on this Friday show, and a Friday show and a Friday card with just two games on it. So it'll be a a pretty quick show. We will have Jimmy Murphy, though, along for his usual Friday guest appearance. He'll be joining us a little bit later on uh, in the show. But, uh, Alex, before we even get into the hockey – (laughs) <laughs> this has been one hell of a fucking week for you with, uh, it's already in the best of times your internet service provider can drive you nuts, drive you yeah. crazy. They're the first person to bill you and make sure they get their money from you. Uh, but, uh, they're also the last person to make sure they get the service back up and running when you fucking need it. Uh, and obviously this week's been one of those weeks, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's been, you know, dealing with outages and things not plugging in correctly. So I ended up having to go to the AT&T store yesterday. they, Pretty much told me what i gotta do and i'm getting this upgrade but it won't kick in for another few days so just gotta have to do stuff on the phone and kind of uh work with what i got for the next uh you know few days until the next cycle starts so phone shit, it's annoying but you know we need these things to do our lives and deal with our lives on our shows so uh you know at least we're i'm here and you guys hopefully can hear me and the connection's not too bad so yeah, you
1: are. Coming in loud and clear, perfect. Perfect signal, good. actually. Perfect reception. Like I've said, we've never had issues with you on your phone. Your reception's pretty good. Yeah. And it does. Uh, and it's uh, sounding good, looking good so far here today on this uh, Friday slate. Let's look back on last night. Of course, it was a big slate on the uh, Thursday uh, card. Uh there's one of those slates for me where I think uh, at the end of the night, we ended up break even or close to it. Won some, lost some. That kind of night. How about, you? hey, look, I know. It's been frustrating and it's been even borderline angering uh, a lot of people that watch and listen to the show that Ian, uh, myself uh, and Alex have uh, been beating the draw drum, you know, and draw season <laughs> as much as we have. There's no question. I know people have been a little bit. They've gotten draw fatigue, uh, I guess, if you will, here uh, the last uh, week or two. But look, last night's, you know, exhibit A as to why the draw is always worth a look at this time of year. What do we have? We had four games go to overtime or a shootout last night. In fact, in the early games, we had four of the seven go to overtime or a shootout with the draw hitting. The Islanders and the Penguins, which was good for me because that was a draw that I actually did bet last night at plus 330 as the Islanders come back to beat Pittsburgh 4-3. The Rangers-Habs was a draw 4-3. Jersey-Washington 3-2, that cast the draw. Vegas, Tampa in a great hockey game, intensity back and forth, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, 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 bad feelings as well. Uh, It got a little uh, ornery between the two teams. It was a great hockey game there. That went to overtime. And then you look at what else nearly went to overtime last night. Edmonton, Boston was a late Edmonton goal from going beyond regulation. And of course, Ottawa, Seattle, that was about a couple of minutes away from being an overtime game before Ottawa put it away. So we honestly could have had six games last night end up going to overtime on that eleven game slate. So that that would have been over half the slate going to overtime last night, and the draw hitting. So you know, I hate to say, told you so. But as they, uh, as a uh, uh, from a uh, Ricky from a uh, Trailer Park Boy says, I fucking a so <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's what we're telling you here. The draw, like we don't tell you to bet the draw on every game. You don't want to be betting the draw on every game, but there's criteria at this time of the season where teams that are battling for points in heated playoff races with a propensity of playing close games as of late, especially this time of year. And then you throw in maybe a little series history. And if you can see that maybe two teams in that particular game have played close games and i've had some games go to overtime you put all the ingredients together and you have yourself a decent drop at And if you at least got you've at least got to keep yourself with an open mind to look in this direction at this time of year
0: yeah absolutely i mean we've talked about this and this isn't the first year i you know i think obviously everything gets amplified every year we move forward because of how Everything moves forward in in, in the landscape, and, and and you know, there's more people betting, there's more people watching the shows, there's more more of everything. So right, so this has been going on, and me and Ian were talking about this off air about a week ago about how, like we've been doing this for <laughs> for five years with these draws. This goes back to when the playoffs in 2016, 2017, you saw over half of the first round. And, and, and series had, you know, a seven-game series. You saw four and five overtimes, double overtimes, triple overtimes. So this was something that has been developing for a while. And I wrote about this on Patreon.com. And it, this is an accumulation of years of, you know, seeing this pattern in the second half and in the postseason of tighter games. So, it, it, we, you know, we're not throwing darts at the wall with this theory uh, of, of taking these overtimes. And, yes, it seems like that uh, from the, the, the general betting landscape but no this there there's a a pattern for this just like there's a pattern for looking at total set at five and a half or looking at you know road dogs or teams coming home off of a a long road trip there's a there's a you know something going on with all of these so there's uh
1: it's not just a random happenstance that we're betting these draws this time of year. yeah exactly there's rhyme and reason to it there's logic behind it uh games are tight no one wants to squander a point in a tie game with four minutes left in the third period, especially if they're not in direct competition with that team in the playoff race. Right. Uh, and we've seen that. Like even the game with Calgary and Minnesota that took place uh, earlier this week, it was during our bet cast. Calgary's not in direct competition with Minnesota. They're not catching Minnesota. Okay. They don't give two shits Minnesota gets a point. They're in their own battle just to make the playoffs. Winnipeg's of concern. You know, if they were playing Winnipeg, not Minnesota, I could see an argument where. If the game's tied late, maybe we try to press for that win in regulation and get that lead and make sure they get nothing. But with Minnesota the other night, yeah, Minnesota's in a playoff race, but they're in different races. They're not in competition with one another. Calgary's just trying to get in catch Winnipeg. They're not catching Minnesota. So it was the perfect situation where just get that thing to overtime. Minnesota doesn't care that Calgary gets a point. Calgary doesn't care that Minnesota gets a point. So focus on that, where they are in the standings as well. And here's the thing: if you are if you are
0: someone who's into narrative based handicapping, which, for lack of a better term, is what how I kind of describe this, you have to understand that when we get to another couple of weeks and we get to the last ten to twelve games for everybody in the regular season, narratives will change in game. You will have a team that you know won on a Saturday at, at two o'clock. Now all of a sudden, leapfrog a team you know by a point, and that team playing at six thirty. Now they say, okay, well we got at least come out of the here with a point. So things will change on the fly, just like we talk about lineups changing on the fly. Narratives will start to change, too, as we get uh, down into the, the
1: final weeks of the regular season. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, definitely, uh, you're going to see things change. It's it's all It's been a week-to-week league all year, quite honestly. I don't know if I've seen a season where one week we're saying, well, this team's falling apart, and the next week they're right back yep. in it, and they're looking like you know, the contender again. It's happened time yeah. and time again, and uh, that's why it definitely this season is week to week, and the, the narrative will change. And, and that's the thing.
0: We see it kind of go week to week in previous seasons when things have stayed consistent. So yeah. if it's week to week now, this shit might get day to day and period by period when we get to the, to the
1: very end of it. Yeah, no question uh, about that. So it's a, again, this is a great time of year, but again, you always have to – this is a different way of handicapping a little bit for me at this time of year, and again, it also is – playing into it that we've got big favorites and mismatch games like now that we're at these the time of the year late season where when it's a good team against a bad team you're going to be laying minus 300 minimum you know it is what it is Uh, and uh we're seeing that of course with both games tonight on the uh, friday card but again before we get to that uh we'll look back again last night that was a horrible loss for pittsburgh alex that was you're up 3-1 you end up losing in overtime 4-3 credit to the islanders for coming back but that's a game you got to assault away if you're the penguins they did not but the Islanders came back. Uh, the Rangers uh, with a 4-3 shootout win against another uh, feisty effort from the Montreal Canadiens on their home ice. That's two games in a row. They take two pretty good teams, the Rangers and Hurricanes, beyond regulation, and they end up losing uh, both of those games. But uh, still, Canadians, uh, Canadians, you know, or draw, like I said, with the, some of these home games as big dogs. That's worth a look. And we're starting to see that with them as they take the uh, Rangers and Hurricanes to overtime. Patrick Kane, his first goal uh, with the uh, New York Rangers last night on the power play. Lafreniere gets a power play goal. So that power play slowly starting to come together. And it had to happen at some point, right? There's just too much, quote unquote, God given talent, right? On the hockey ice to put on that Rangers power play at some point. Uh, you knew they were going to get that uh, power play going. They connect for two power play goals last night in the victory over Montreal. They had a little bit of time finally to get some practices in. I'm sure that helped form a little bit better chemistry, especially with the man advantage. But to me, when you can line up uh, Mika Zabanajad, Chris Kreider, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, Lafreniere, uh, Trocek, Panarin, Kane, I mean when you can put guys like that on the ice I mean you're good you should be able to score goals and we saw signs now of that team getting some of this chemistry together
0: Yeah you know two people who I really wish would have watched that Patrick Kane goal and that entire sequence it would be Bruce Boudreaux and Joel Quinville because those are the two coaches that had some of the best talent on the power play specifically Quinville with kane and panarin and they couldn't figure out that maybe if you just go and use the national old school traditional umbrella style that that might actually work with the power play with the skill you have And those two guys had teams with tons of talent that couldn't do jack shit on the fucking power play for years it, it was just just infuriating watching those two teams with those great players not do what we're now seeing with, with the New York Rangers. And I think that's something to definitely look out for. Power play points with the the guys you just mentioned, but especially Kane, Zibanejad, Lafreniere, Panarin, that's something to look for moving forward because that power play, when they get into a rhythm, that's going to be the most dangerous group of any facet of the New York Rangers moving forward. More dangerous in the goaltending, more dangerous in their five-on-five five neutral zone play. That power play, if
1: they can get it rocking and rolling, they're going to be something to watch out for every time they have the man advantage no doubt there are that when this power play when the, again that they get even more used to one another cuz it's all about tendencies too uh you have to have that sixth sense where the other guy is on the ice you know and, and puck movement and just you know and they've got to draw up some plays too there's always some set plays that teams use on the power play you give the rangers time to put all those things together and yeah there's no reason they can't have a good power play uh, new jersey a uh, good bounce back from them after uh, losing to toronto they beat washington 3-2 uh, in a shootout I forgot to mention Philly and Carolina. You're right, that was another game that could have nearly gone to overtime with the draw uh, in that game. One nothing shutout for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they get one goal very early in that game, uh, an Andre Svechnikov power play goal, and they make it stand up. Actually, the goaltending was very good on both sides. Felix Sandstrom, who was uh, in that uh, last night for the Flyers, actually played pretty well and summoned up from the AHL due to the uh, injury to Ranta and the fact that you know they wanted to give Anderson a break. Uh, Pyotr Kochetkov from the AHL back in the uh, starting uh, net for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last night and a shutout in his return uh, to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He's the future. Simple as that. He is the future in net for the Carolina Hurricanes. He (laughs) will be up with the Hurricanes full time start to finish next season. You can write that down. You can can imagine how shocked that was to hear that Auntie Ronta got injured. Uh, But it's great to
0: see Piotr Kachekov back up at the team. And if you haven't seen his goal with the Chicago Wolves from last week and the celebration and then the fight that ensued after, you must watch this on YouTube. As soon as our show ends, go look up Piotr Kachekov's goal and fight against the Manitoba Moose from just a week ago. It, It is, I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. The whole entire sequence is great.
1: He had a hectic week, uh, Piotr <laughs> Kovchekov. He really, or a hectic game. He got thrown he out a, of two, two different games. I know. Yeah. Goalie fight and then uh, and then the goalie goal a la Linus Allmark. And the celebration was even better than Allmark's. He was going to There he is.
0: They're short handed and he goes. To them. I love where he goes to the penalty box because they're short handed. It's a yeah. short handed goal with like three and a half minutes left and the, and the net empty. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and basically bangs on the belly <laughs> the box glass. Gets like the blazing all start falling over. It's it's literally, I get why there was a fight afterward because it was the the celebration was just just quite ridiculous. But it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome to see that for sure. Uh, no question. And that's hey, he's a very very uh, outgoing uh, player. Uh, yeah, you know, Kozintsev. Whereas, um, and I think he's got that fire in his belly, like. Binnington, but Bennington comes off as a bit of a wham wan you know, kind of, you know, that kind of yeah. uh, emotional player. Kochekov, I just think he's just fun, fun I think- and outgoing and uh, that kind of player, yeah.
0: I think you made the comparison on a, on a bet cast earlier that you said he's a lot like Ilya Brizgalov. I think that yeah. that's really like the, the perfect comparison. And somebody was talking about that reference to Anton Kadobin, too, but yeah, you, they got that kind of quirkiness about it. I think, I think yeah, Brzgalov or, or Brizgalov was more just a quirky kind of fun guy, but there's a little bit of a of grit and edge to Kachetkov's game that uh, like I said, you know, this is something that we're going to see from him. And I think it's something that's going to really rally his team. I mean, it helped the wolves win a Calder cup. Uh, you know, so maybe now that that's something that Carolina and with Carolina with the whole, you know, the storm surge and, and the way that they kind of the fat fan base that atmosphere. I think he's a perfect fit for that franchise.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's going to he's gonna, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch away from when he's in the, in the net uh, between the pipes. And he's, he's goal to too. watch in between the yeah. pipes because he's out of the Yeah. 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 No question. Uh, he has been absolutely a terrific no doubt for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And of course as you well know, Alex, with the uh, Chicago Wolves and the AHL, where he led them to a Calder Cup uh, championship uh, last season. What a game Vegas and Tampa was. 4-3, Cash my uh, underdog winner with the Golden Knights there with that overtime win, but it was a great game, uh, back and forth, uh, very good goaltending, some nice uh, offensive uh, production, great intensity, a line brawl uh, during that game, almost a line brawl. It was kind of a, you know, it was mostly scrumming, and uh, you know, no, not not a single fight during it. But still, I mean, both teams got after it uh, last night. Uh, a lot of ill will. I love to see it. It was a playoff type of intensity in that game last night. Great hockey game. Vegas wins four three. And my premise on yesterday's show, Alex, was okay. Tampa got their win against Philly. Let me see them beat a better team to really prove they're back on the beam. And uh, sure enough, they couldn't get the job done. That nice rally from down three one to at least force overtime and get the point. Uh, In that game, but uh, Vegas gets the win and uh, Tampa Bay was decent, but at a loss to the Golden Knights and uh, still I'm not fully saying that uh, Tampa Bay is uh, all the way back again. We're going to have to wait and see, but let's just put it this way. It's uh, not a team I'll be backing here in the uh, immediate future. No, absolutely not like I said I mean I have said what I've
0: said about about Tampa Bay at the beginning of the end but uh it, it was a valiant effort and they're still going to put up valiant efforts. and you know, like I said in saying that we're not talking about okay yeah we, you know I said the, the dynasty run is over that doesn't mean oh they're one of the worst teams in hockey that's you know we can't we can't over over correct it one way or another i this is just a struggling team and they seem to be out of gas and the thing to look for with them is OK, when they're full of energy, they can still put up a good effort. But how long does the gas tank run? Can they play a full 60 minutes? Do they look good on the second night of back to back So the third game? Of four? This is where looking at their streaks come into play right now. It's not so much about what you're seeing from just one overall game or one or two periods. The, this is where we start looking at those those trends. This is where you go back and look at the random. How well do they play on a certain date? How well do they play in three or four nights? How well do they play, you know, uh, one game off the road, you know, back home? Those little trends and angles is where we where we try to identify the value of the, in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not so much just straight current form in a fast or slow measure.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they keep going from here, you know, and uh, because obviously they've had their struggles of late, uh, and uh, another loss for them last night against Vegas four three in overtime, uh, and again with Vasilevsky. A couple of those goals I'd like him to stop and include the overtime goal. Squeaks right through him, and then it's hammered yeah. into the net uh, on the uh, rebound. It got through him. The puck was lying there, uh, and then it was just hammered into the net for the uh, game-winning goal last night. So, uh, again, he, his game, right along with the entire team, has just had this little step back here uh, as of uh, late. Uh, speaking of taking a step back, uh, how about eight steps back for the Buffalo Sabres last night? Man, was that ugly uh, on home ice. 10-4 lost to the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, Defensive issues, getting them again. Goaltending issues, getting them uh, once again. Uh, And uh, this team is um, just—they're running on fumes right now. They're trending in the wrong direction. Doesn't help their cause that you know they're seeing other teams around them get points every night. You know, Detroit obviously got a win against Chicago a couple nights ago, but more importantly, the teams are trying to track down the Penguins and the Islanders get a three-point game last night. That's the worst thing that could happen uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. The two teams in wild card positioning right now, they both get a point in that uh, Islanders-Penguins game. Meanwhile, the Sabres lose. So they lose further ground to not only one, but two teams that they're trying to catch. So at this point, it's not looking good. It's looking like one of those situations where it's, even with the games in hand, and they do have a couple games in hand, but boy, they better make the most of them. But even with those games in hand, it's looking like a a team that's going to fall short you know, in terms of uh, missing the uh, playoff simply because, you know, you can't always outscore your problems and the Buffalo Sabres are still a work in progress in their own zone, which was the issue we had with them all go- coming into the season. If you go back to our season preview, I can guarantee you, Alex and I were talking about what were our concerns for Buffalo defensive side of the puck, goaltending, and boy, did those issues show up for them last night. I, I just, it's just fascinating. Like I, I we watched,
0: these games all the time, all of us, all of you in the chat, us in the show, and we talked about this and we said the whole time, from October on, well, Buffalo's great, but they need to get goaltending. Buffalo's offense looks amazing, but if they can only have some goaltending you know, to help them carry a float, the blue line could play a little bit better. We, and we saw this the whole time. Clearly, no one in the front office saw that enough to where they say, hey, let's address this situation and maybe improve the blue line. Maybe actually get a, a, a decent goalie who can keep us float. They didn't do that, and now This is where they are. And I think everyone who watched that game last night, if you're a Letter Kenny fan, you said to yourself, that's a Texas size 10-4, because that's exactly what it was. And this is a Dallas Stars team that, once again, we talked about when the offense shows up, this team is as dangerous as anybody in the league. They put up 10 goals, and they put it up with ease last night. And and that's how dangerous Dallas is, because they can get into the trench wars and and battle you to a 3-2 overtime game. They can go deep into 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 battles, but they can also blow you out. And that's what makes them a team to look out for once it becomes playoffs.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Dallas is Dallas is one of those teams right now where, you know, th- their best game can beat anybody. But we also have these games where they've lost to your Vancouver's and your Dallas and your Chicago's. Uh, so, you know, they've had those inconsistencies as well. Uh, but when they're playing at their best, you know, and the, and Ottinger's on his game that that's a team that can beat anybody win any series especially when you're seeing you know some kinks chinks in the armor at times with vegas mm-hmm. this year colorado all of a sudden and we'll get to them in a second they've kind of hit the uh gone backward and their last four or five games. Uh, in fact, we'll go to them right now because I don't want to talk San Jose, St. Louis. That game pissed me <laughs> off. I had the best bet on San Jose. And uh, that just took them because I didn't think St. Louis should be favored by that. But sure enough, they, I, I was very disappointed in cocking and what else is new. He didn't play that great. Uh, St. Louis won that game four two, but that game with LA and Colorado five, two Kings. I mean, that was a, first of all, it's a great win for the Kings. Second of all, Corpus Allo, immense. Corpus, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to say he's more than a, he's a, he's a very good goalie, Jonas Corpusalo, And I never thought that about him earlier going into this season, but he played better and better as the season went on for Columbus. He's now playing with a better defense in front of him. And he's, I think he's going to thrive here because again, he's not going to face the grade A chances and the shot volume every night that he's going to see in Columbus. He played great last night. LA was very opportunistic on their chances. Don't look, don't let Gabe Velarde get going again. He scored last night. He's starting to heat up again after he had that red hot start. Fell off a bit. He's back on the beam. Kopitar was great. Kempe was awesome again. Uh, Gavrikov has been a, such a huge improve on their defensive minded play in their own end. He's a shot blocker supreme as well. I mean, there's a lot of get excited if you're the LA Kings and you're a fan right now. I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. That was a big win. And then conversely, on the flip side, you know, Colorado looked like they were revving up into Stanley Cup form coming out of the All Star break. What have we seen since then? New Jersey goes in there, puts seven on the board. They get blown out by Dallas. Uh, They blow a game against Seattle and lose in overtime. They hammer San Jose, big deal. And then they fall right back here against LA, 5 2. So Colorado now not playing up to snuff here in the last four or five games.
0: Yeah, and, and this is a game that it annoyed me a little bit. I had to draw on this when it didn't come home. But the reason I, I liked the draw here was because I thought these were just two teams that were going to be in good form playing kind of playoff style of hockey. And it was a, a close battle at, at times. We saw that kind of back and forth intensity. But he like said, it's just something, you know, uh, it seems like LA is just a, a level higher than Colorado right now. And uh, like I said, if you're a Kings fan, this is really a time to be excited because now with a, a rejuvenated Corpus Allo who, you know, he's obviously, you know, the injury issues that he had been dealing with Columbus seemed to be uh, behind him at the moment. He's playing well. He's got a much better decor in front of him. And uh, and now he knows, hey, I'm, I'm going to the postseason. <laughs> you know, this uh, is just uh, a new kind of lease on life for him can help that team. And if he starts playing better, they get this still holly goaltending that they haven't had since Copley, you know, kind of emerged in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah, they're in great shape right now. And I think they're one of those teams that a lot of people in the West are still kind of not really looking at as a, as a true threat. They seem to be a tough out. In this, and that's the thing. Look at teams. You know, which team do you really want to play in a seven game series? Nobody wants to play Boston in a seven game series right now. Nobody wants to play Carolina in a seven game series. I think you could say that there's a lot of teams that really wouldn't want to match up with, with L.A. in a seven-game series right now, and that makes the mark of a, of a good team that has a chance to do some damage in the playoffs.
1: He's done a nice job there, uh, for sure, uh, with this uh, hockey team, uh, Rob Blake putting it together. Uh, when you look at uh, you know the fact that they've got uh, now, Byfield's now a permanent fixture on this team. He's been getting better and better consistently Kevin Fiala was just a perfect addition I love before last season when they went out and got Philip Deneau to give them a strong two-way presence Uh, we were worried about his offense after a dismal offensive season in Montreal but he had a better offensive season last year he's still capable of putting the puck in the net he had two goals last night uh, for the LA Kings he's now got three goals in the last two games Uh, so he now is starting to pick up a little bit and it's still for the season. He's got 18 goals, 28 assists, 46 points in 66 games. That's not bad at all for Phil to know who we think of more as a defensive minded center. So yeah, there's a lot to like here right now with LA and the way they are playing uh, at the moment. Uh, We saw uh, Ottawa with a five, four win against Seattle. Again, I I, I warned everybody yesterday about the the Ottawa Senators. That was a bad loss against Chicago, no question. Not only losing, but getting shut out in Chicago. That's a bad look, no doubt. But the situation was just bad all around when Sogard gets thrown in there last minute. The Talbots confirmed out. And I think it just threw the whole team off. The goaltender wasn't ready to go. I said, relax. This team was still playing pretty well before that Chicago game. I think it might just be a one-off. And sure enough, they respond as I kind of thought they would. Last night in Seattle, get the 5-4 win. That game was uh, one of the best games for me on the board last night. We swept Ottawa first period, full game money line. And we took the over as well. Uh, it got there. So 5-4 win for the Sens. Again, a great night from all different facets uh Stutzla another strong game Batherson was saw Giroux gets that a uh, huge goal uh, for the Ottawa Senators uh in that game uh everybody contributed Jacob Chikrin another phenomenal game the newest acquisition of the uh Ottawa Senators he gets a two-point night a goal and an assist uh for the uh Ottawa Senators last night the cat to brink it a little fortuitous but hey you'll take it with the uh, game-winning goal last night for the uh, Sens 5-4 comeback, or while well, they were up 3-0, they jumped on Seattle. Seattle came back, uh, took a 4-3 lead, and then Ottawa answers for two goals in the third to win that game. Very exciting, entertaining hockey game with the Sens and the Kraken, and a nice bounce back for Ottawa.
0: You know, it's interesting, uh, looking back at that Sens-Hawks game, and I, I kind of, you know, kicked myself, in i like, man, I should have had a little bit on Chicago. And one of the things that I'd be looking for with playoff teams and like I said, I do a lot of little different notes once team, once we get into the postseason that I don't do in the regular season. One of them will be looking at what, like, t- I talk about teams playing day games and night games, but also looking at time slottage. That game against Ottawa in Chicago was a 9 o'clock internal start time for the, for the Sens. That's awfully late. And that's something that, you know, in the middle of a, of a, of a year and in a road trip, those little things that we talk about, just the hockey players being creatures of habit, some of those things can lead to just sloppy starts or just overall bad play. I want to see how that affects teams. And obviously it doesn't necessarily mean Ottawa because they may not be a playoff team, but I want to see because we're going to have these spots where central teams have to play these late starts to accommodate TV time or teams who don't normally play during the day throughout the season get a day game. For, for television purposes for you know to slot in, in different things or or because uh, you know series ended early they have to move the time or different things around. I want to make some notes of that to see if that's a, just to add to handicapping of course it's not going to be a you know a one trend to, to run with a play but those are little things to kind of maybe look for and, and when you see those kind of odd time spots in the regular
1: season thrown in, maybe it's worth betting on a little bit if, if other things line up with the handicap. yeah it's, it's not a bad point. Uh, because you could see that uh, definitely be an, uh, an external uh, factor, extenuating factor, if you will, uh, and maybe be an impact uh, when maybe you wouldn't think it would be. Uh, all right, and the, la- and the last game we'll talk about, and I'm timing it so that I think Jimmy might be sliding in here in just a few moments, but Edmonton and Boston, what a win for the Oilers. That's a gut check. That's finding a way to win. You're down 2 nothing. and let's be honest, those were two really shitty goals for Skinner. To give up the first goal, he's got to stop that on Marshawn. It was a weak shot along the ice, right through the wickets. You got to have that save. It was a deflator early in the game to give that up. Edmonton was actually off to a pretty decent start. Uh, And then next thing you know, uh, it ends up being a uh, one goal, uh, one nothing Boston lead. And then they get what could have been a demoralizing goal, beat the clock right at the end of the second period or first period, David Posternock to make it two nothing. But Skinner was terrific after that. Last two periods, he he shook it off. Those two shaky goals had a great performance in the last forty minutes. Uh, Everybody came uh, came, and everybody contributed for Edmonton. What was really impressive, more most of all about that three-two win is this wasn't uh, the McDavid Drysital show last night in this comeback win over the best team in the NHL. Evan Bouchard gets the the, gets them on the board. Ryan McLeod scores the game tying goal. Darnell Nurse, another defenseman scoring, gets the eventual game-winning goal uh, between between McDavid and Dreisaitl. The two of them had one point combined last night, and it was a Dreisaitl assist. Zero points from McDavid in that game. None. And they won that game in Boston against an excellent Bruins team. If there's ever one game that gives you reason for optimism as an Oilers fan, it's tonight. Because all you've heard is... you. When McDavid gets shut down, you don't win. When Dreisaitl gets shut down, you don't win. Your goaltending's not good enough. Your blue line can't hold the fort and allow you to get back into a game. And you proved all of that negative. All of that was wrong last night in that win against Boston. And that's the kind of win where it opens my eyes and says, this is the kind of Edmonton that's dangerous uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. When Skinner plays like that, when they're getting the depth forwards, Stepping up and producing offensively, taking that burden off the shoulders of McDavid and Dreisaitl, which they did last night. The defenseman chipping in. Bouchard has really played well since Barry got moved out, uh, taking over that number one power play. Uh, That was a great win. I can't underscore that enough, how great of a win that was for Edmonton to come back, win that game on a night where McDavid and Dreisaitl barely made a dent on the score sheet. Outstanding win.
0: Yeah, that's a, a gritty effort, and those are the kind of wins you're going to need in April and May to advance. And, you know, this is the Edmonton team, you know, what they did last postseason is huge because they had to learn how to win. They learned how to law how to lose. They un- they understand that you have to learn how to lose in the playoffs before you you learn how to win. I, I truly do believe in that, and we've seen them finally uh, slay that dragon of winning series now that they show that they can have games like this They they can prove that they have the depth to stay afloat for at least a 60-minute effort without 97 Uh, You know carrying the load on, on his back or, or dry or carrying the load on his back Then that's definitely a sign that this is
1: a team that can you know do some some more damage in the postseason Yeah, exactly. And that was a great gutsy comeback win after a rough first period last night for those Edmonton Oilers. So perfect timing, as I said. That's why we kept the Oilers Bruins game to the last one on the recap because I knew Jimmy would be uh, sliding on in and joining us and he's with us now. Jimmy, uh, that Oilers Bruins game, great game, playoff intensity and quite a statement for the Oilers. We were saying it sidle and McDavid had combined one point. It was a sidle assist. Zip for McDavid. And the fact they came back and beat the Bruins on the road last night, I don't know. thats That gives me huge, huge optimism if I'm an Euler fan.
2: Yeah. Look, guys, first, sorry about that. I'm driving as I always am, it seems, every week at this time. Um, first of all, the fact you're getting through the recap now, man, that, that just shows you how busy a night it was in the NHL last night.
1: And how uh, bad the slate hockey- is tonight.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what a night of hockey that I was I was bouncing over while I was uh, covering the Bruins game. I had the Islanders Penguins on and that was just that. Was, what a comeback to yeah. the Islanders. Um, but yeah, that game last night, guys, I mean, Bruins fans are giving me shit today, you know, saying I'm giving the Oilers too much credit because the Bruins made a lot of mental mistakes and the Bruins didn't really have it. Well, OK, but it, so so what? Because the Bruins didn't were flat. We're not supposed to credit the Oilers. I think that's like, <laughs> I hate when people say that. It's like, okay, well, they took advantage of a flat team. That's what good teams do. Yeah, and right. the Oilers did that. And and it was just, look, you could kind of tell as it went on, guys. Um, I thought the Bruins showed that maybe they, they needed a little more, uh, another gear. I thought they would have come out a lot more pumped up in the beginning of the second period after getting that last second goal from Pasta. And they didn't. And the Oilers seized on that and they could sense it. And they were like sharks circling in the wa- water and they pounced and I give them a ton of credit and I agree with everything you guys were just saying right now if if you hadn't believed in the Oilers before and you kind of thought oh well there's just a McDavid dry settle show and they don't have goaltending or whatever well you need to start watching this team more if that's how you feel because this is yeah. a gritty team they got bigger at the deadline they got better at the deadline at I think could go down as a top five pick at the deadline uh and Stuart Skinner is playing out of his mind. I love. He, he's playing ballsy, man. He kept them in that game. He gave them a chance to win, and they took it. Uh, the the Oilers, to me, right now, I'm going to say it right now, they are the team to beat in the West for me.
1: Wow, and you know what? That's What's that's up? a fair argument because yeah. what team looks like the team to beat in the West right now? Because they've all had these little it's you a know, kids. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just think with the you know the balance they have now and. And, and sort of the, the identity there for me now that they can play different types of games. It's not always going to be that run-and-gun offensive show. You know, they can grind it down. And, you know, if you look at McDavid last night too, guys, I, I know he's off the score sheet, and I think one of the main reasons he was off that score sheet, he looked like he was playing more like Patrice Bergeron than Connor McDavid last night. He, he really dedicated himself in the defensive side of the game. So I'm very impressed with that Oilers team.
1: For a guy that gets criticized, he's got to work on his defensive game. That's been the criticism for years about Connor uh, McDavid, yeah. uh, for sure. And uh, I agree. I thought it, oh, his play away from the puck is uh, responsibility, attention to detail, back pressure up the ice to break up plays. He did that a couple yeah. of times last night. Yep, Definitely. He was driving pasta it.
2: nuts. Yep. I thought he really got under pasta skin too. I don't think I don't think a pasenak or maybe any of the Bruins kind of expected. Wait a minute. This guy's actually playing D. He's uh, he's grinding us down like so who's this guy checking me here
1: this 97 Yeah,
2: this is Connor David what? And and that
0: it's thing like that things like that bring him to that next level, you know You obviously he's he's one of the, the, the best players in the world, but what separates him and puts him in that Crosby category as opposed to that Patrick Kane Alex Ovechkin category is that if he can start playing more defensively and get a little bit more physical Uh, and and Ovechkin eventually did that as well, too. Like we saw it later on, the physicality and and the defensive responsibility came, you know, over time. And and once he started doing that, he won a cup. So maybe that's something we can see more from him, David. For sure, guys.
2: I I was very impressed. I think, hey, looking way ahead, but that would be one hell of a series if those two teams met.
1: Yeah, it sure would be. Uh, And we go from thinking about what that might be, one hell of a Stanley Cup (laughs) final series with the uh, Oilers and the Bruins, to... uh, Chicago and Florida, the first game <laughs> <laughs> the toilet bowl. tonight uh, in an <laughs> NHL regular season snooze fest. Well, actually, for Florida, it's a very important game. They need the uh, two points. Yeah. They're minus They're 450 frauds. home favorites here, six and a half the total uh, in this one. This is just prop game for me all the way. I want nothing to do with the side. I, I would actually, you know, if anything, you know, Florida, one thing is – not always easy for them maybe consider you know a look toward the draw uh, in a game like this it just may not be uh, very easy uh, necessarily uh, Florida doesn't make it easy on themselves but I'm staying off this game side in total that's just a lean I am going to look at props and I think in a game like this one thing we know about Chicago they can give up a lot of shots we saw it against Ottawa even though they shut out Ottawa man they pelted Alex Stalock that game mm. shots on goal and he was busy throughout that entire hockey game so this is a saves prop i like on Morozik tonight and now that he's been confirmed in net i think that's the best way to bet it actually don't worry about florida winning the game or don't worry about florida scoring which actually has been an issue for them you know while they've had some of these games where shots have been there The puck hasn't been going in as frequently, and the volume of goals hasn't been as much as you would think for what they are producing in terms of shots. So I think if you look at Peter Morozik, this is kind of a way of betting on Florida, honestly. You know, I think he's going to face a lot of rubber, 34.5 saves, minus 106 at FanDuel. I think you can go in that direction with the uh, over saves on Morozik tonight Uh, in this game. I like a handful of Florida shots on goal props tonight. Bennett, Ekblad, Kachuk. Uh, Montour. Uh, all of those, I think, are worth a look here in terms of uh, overshots on goal tonight uh, in this game. Uh, Sam Bennett especially, since he's come back, he's been shooting the puck a lot, so that's a good one, in my opinion. It's a good Florida shots on goal prop game. Simple as that. I think that's the better way to bet this uh, bas- uh, not basket not basketball, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, basketball. <laughs> better way to bet this uh, hockey game here uh, is definitely uh, Florida shots on goal props. I've mentioned a bunch of them that I like there. Uh, tonight and also Peter Morozik over saves. That's pretty much it. I'm going to stick to that for uh, uh, for looks tonight in this game. Nothing on the side, yeah. nothing on the total. Like I said, if I had to bet something here, s- just a small little shot in the dark on the draw, but uh, I'm also not convinced Chicago is going to keep Florida at arm's length. What do you think here, uh, Alex, with uh, Blackhawks Panthers? Yeah,
0: basketball is a common Freudian slip during the month of March, so no worries for that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, this game, if, if you want my deep-down, honest-to-goodness opinion on what to do with this game, I'd say don't bet this game. If you're gonna lay 450 with the Florida Panthers, like I'll give you my Venmo and I give you 30 minutes of advice over this phone. That'll probably be a better use of that money than betting on the Florida Panthers. Even at home, even against a shitty Hawks team. This is a team you cannot trust, even laying a dollar eighty, dollar ninety most nights. And this is an astronomically high price. And Ian, I get what you're saying too about looking at shot props and stacking things, but I would be worried about that because we just saw the same thing where it looked good on paper with Ottawa against Chicago, and all those guys were ice cold and they did nothing. Now Florida will get shots off on goal, and if they do start scoring left and right, I worry about will Morozik stay in the whole game. So even looking at his over saves prop, he ends up giving up five early. He's only you know made twelve saves and then he gets pulled. Shit. Well, there you go. Now you lost that. So I, there's nothing I like about this game whatsoever. It's a complete pass for me.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest fear, right? Fear. Like, I'm hoping Morozik's good enough where it's not, you know, 18 shots faced in the first period and they're down 3-0. Hopefully at least one nothing, he'll still be in the game. Uh, and uh, so that's what you're hoping for. You're always running a risk for sure when you're talking about uh, goalie save props that the guy oversaves, you know, he's if he's really bad, he's going to get pulled and he won't be around long enough to see it go over that number. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Blackhawks, Panthers.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Alex's advice. Total pass.
1: It's a tricky game all around. Because again, when I when you look at the Florida Panthers uh, here, it's we it's odd how they just you know they, they haven't won games necessarily very comfortably, very easily. Two to one with Vegas last night. They lose to Nashville at home, two to one. I mean, this Panthers team here has scored uh, just in their last five games. I'm counting up the numbers here. Six. 10, uh, just 12 goals in their last uh, in their last five games, so they're barely averaging more than two goals per game. You know during that uh, span, so uh, definitely this is definitely more of a prop game for me here with Blackhawks Panthers. All right, the second game of this uh, Friday uh, card: uh, Anaheim Ducks, Calgary Flames. Uh, we've got Calgary minus 400 home favorite. Six the total in this one. Uh, definitely, you look at this matchup here with the uh, black with the uh, Ducks and the uh, Flames. You've got, obviously, a situation where Calgary should win. They need the points. And, look, they're starting to put some things together slowly. But, sure, I don't want to say they're they're playing great hockey because they're not there yet. But, you know, we have seen at least a little step in improvement from them uh, in some of these uh, recent games. That was a gutsy win against Minnesota uh, to find a way uh, to beat the Wild in a shootout in that game which I think, Jacob Markstrom's best game of the season that night uh, against the uh, Minnesota Wild. They rallied to beat. Dallas 5-4 before that, so they got two wins in a row under their belt going into this game, returning home from that two-game road trip. Should feel a little bit better. And look, with Winnipeg suddenly sputtering, they're only four points back of the Winnipeg Jets for that second wild-card spot. So this is doable for the Calgary Flames, that they could still make this push for the uh, playoffs. And if it, if they're going to keep it up and make that push, they got to they got to put two points on the board tonight. Simple as that. But we know it's not always simple as that when it comes to the Calgary Flames uh this season. So I d- I don't want to lay the minus 400 here. It is going to be uh Markstrom and Gibson uh the two goaltenders for their respective teams in this game. But Brofsky, by the way in net for Florida. Gibson and Markstrom in this game. It was not one of Gibson's better games his last start, four goals allowed in that 5-2 loss to Seattle uh, on Tuesday night. But prior to that, he's been uh pretty good here since that road game against Washington where he stopped uh 41 41- Uh, shots, uh, or 41 saves on 43 shots against Washington in an upset win for the Ducks. 51 saves on 53 shots in that 3-2 win in Carolina for the uh, Ducks. Uh, He kept uh, them afloat against Washington, 36 saves on 39 shots in that game. Played well against Montreal in a game that they uh, ended up Uh, getting the job done there, 3-2. So when you look at uh, John Gibson's uh, work lately, uh, you know he's certainly been very good, done everything in his power to give Anaheim a chance. So this definitely feels like one of those games, though, where, again, with this Ducks Ducks team, what do they do? They give up a ton of shots, 40, 55, 44, 43, 55. Uh, They had one where they gave up 26 to Chicago. But, again, the Blackhawks sometimes struggle to generate shots. 39 to Washington. Ah, uh, twenty-eight to Montreal again, a little bit of a lesser team. Thirty to Seattle, thirty-four to Vancouver in their last game. And here's Calgary. We know that sometimes when they're playing these uh, bottom feeder teams, they can rack up the shots on goal, but they just don't always have the finish and the goal production to go with it. You know, I remember that Arizona game still. They ended up winning six-three, and eventually, you know, the roof caved in. But fifty-one shots, and it took them a while uh, for the offense to get going in that game. So. Uh, This is definitely I'm interested in the uh, goalie saves prop here. Again, you got to get creative, right? If you're going to bet these two games and we're trying to give you a show here where we're not going to say pass, pass, pass on two horrible uh, hockey games, at least in terms of from a betting standpoint, they might turn out to be entertaining to watch, but certainly from a betting standpoint, they're tough games. So we we got to dive into props if we're going to try to be profitable here. And John Gibson over 35 and a half saves is out there. I think he probably has a good shot to go over that number at Calgary. The one thing about them, especially at home, they can rack up the shot volume. We know Anaheim hemorrhages shots on goal allowed. So... Uh, definitely the over uh, saves prop for Gibson. Definitely doable. I like a bunch of shots on goal props for the uh, Calgary Flames here. To Foley over three and a half. They've moved it to three and a half, but at least you get plus money uh, for him. Michael Backlund, definitely uh, over three and a half shots, minus 105. We've talked about him repeatedly. And I like Blake Coleman again, too. Over two and a half shots, minus 140. Again, Blake Coleman has definitely been noticeable in recent games, been all over the ice, getting chances getting opportunities. So the Blake Coleman over two and a half shots on goal prop uh, is worth a look. Oh, I forgot one on the uh, Florida game in terms of a prop. Yes. And Jay stone nine brought it up. Yes. I'm on the E2 cool mint, loose train again in that game. I'm not going crazy with the Florida points and goal props because you're always worried about, you know, whether they're able to fit their finishing ability and-, and just general goal scoring as a team hasn't been great lately, but I do like a little bit at plus 300 him to score a goal. Uh, E2 Coolment Lusterinen for the Panthers, but especially the point prop, which is only minus 120 at, at DraftKings. Uh, he has been very, very good lately. I think he's got points in five of his last seven games for the uh, Florida Panthers, and he's playing on the top line. So, uh, yes, I am on the point prop there for Lusterinen in that game. This one it's Gibson over saves and mostly shots on goal props with the uh, Calgary Flames, and my guys, especially with Calgary when. You know, they are a team that can easily have 40 shots on goal and yet only have one or two goals to show for it. That's why maybe in a game like this, Gibson's propensity, especially on the road, to stand on his head, which he's done lately. Just ask Washington and Carolina uh, in their last road trip. Uh, This way, you don't have to worry about Calgary putting the puck in the net if you just target Gibson saves and and the shots on goal props for the calgary flames uh what do you think here alex ducks flames
0: yeah gibson uh over saves makes a lot of sense here that's something i probably will add to my card and uh, like i said people were in the chat we're talking about you know gibson morazic if you had to pick one i'd definitely say gibson because i just feel like even if Gibson gets pelted and gives up a bunch of goals he's not gonna get pulled as easily as potentially uh morazic might so in saying that, that's something, the way I look. But I also like this first period over, one and a half. I laid a dollar forty. Anaheim has cashed four straight to the first period over. Calgary had actually been on a hot run to the over, and then they'd gone under in the last four. But we know how Markstrom, he's always lived, uh as, as a goalie that bet been on in the first period because he has those issues where he's just not ready right away and has given up some of the first few shots for goals. So uh, between
1: that and Gibson not really playing just that well overall, I like this first period over one and a half. All right, uh, like in the first period, oh, I lean to the over six. I think I probably will bet that for something, over six. Uh, just hope that Calgary can at least dent Gibson. Just Let's not have a night, Calgary, please. Whether you're Caudry, Coleman, Dubey, Toffoli, Lindholm, whoever it is, please, please don't just shoot the puck into the crust of the goaltender. Uh, yeah. Do this a shit ton, this Calgary team. like, Try to elevate the puck. Try to make a deep move. Try to, you know, get the goalie moving laterally left and right and then put one upstairs. Try to be a little bit more. We need a little more creativity. Let's be honest. We need a little bit more ingenuity here with our finishing around the front of the net if I'm the Calgary Flames. So let's try to do that tonight, please, because I am going to probably sprinkle on that over. I would like to see that uh, here tonight. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, you know, actually it poses a really interesting question when betting an over say is probably something I I know we haven't really done it too much sprinkled on it a bit. But do we want to have a team that fires a lot of shots that aren't quality? We want more quantity, obviously, because we're going over. Or do we want the team that at least tries to be a bit more creative because it opens up more shot chances? So is that, you know, that's something we have to kind of maybe, it's probably something we all need to maybe sit and identify and look at when looking at these props, these save props, uh, looking at the opponent, okay, well, they fire a bunch of shots and they aren't anything good. That's good, that's great because now that goalie has a better chance of making those saves. But if they're a more creative team, yeah, they fire off 35 shots, but they're going to get these open looks and these two-on-ones, they're probably going to score. So those are those are things we have to identify. and And the fact that Calgary is a team that,
1: they don't always give you the
0: quality to go with the quantity means it's worth looking at an overseas problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think definitely we can uh, see uh, that. Another thing that's gravitated me more and more toward, and especially because the total six, six and a half, I may not bet it, but it's six, you know, over six minus one twenty at a lot of uh, sports books right now, this Anaheim Calgary over, and it's trended over in Calgary six, two in the last me, there was one game where it was three, two, but other than that, we've seen six, two, six, four, six, one. Uh, we have seen definitely uh, overs trending in Calgary between uh, these two teams since uh, over the last three four years. So uh, I'll add that as well. Great stuff again. Two game card. This might be as a weak a card as we've capped all season. It's not just because there's only two games, but they're two games that it's it's hard to uh, find great sides, great totals, and that hopefully the pro- I do like some of these props. So hopefully they come through. And I, I forgot one too for Chicago. Uh, Seth Jones, again, like the last game, I believe he stayed under, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But still, I would look toward uh, one more time, Seth Jones over shots. It's two and a half plus 100. If someone's going to be getting involved and shooting the puck for the Blackhawks, bank on Seth Jones doing that for them. So that would be something I'd come back to the well with again tonight, over two and a half at a plus price as well with uh, Seth Jones shots on goal for Chicago. Uh, tonight against florida Uh, all right but good stuff thanks to everyone of course for joining us hit the like button uh, if you're watching on youtube and shout out to our podcast listeners make sure to check out patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month Uh, of course we've got uh tons of great bonus content there Uh, uh power ratings totals charts goalie charts uh daily ice guys show betting card i forgot because the basketball was wall-to-wall yesterday to put up the nikita kashurski interview that will be done today we've got some downtime today and we'll get that posted for all of you today for our patreon subscribers it was a great interview hope you enjoy it great nhl talk there all that and more tons of bonus content sign up and subscribe just ten dollars a month at patreon.com ice guys
0: Yeah, definitely check that. Like The interview will be posted today. Chris Otto's chart update will be done today. I'll have my goalie rankings up sometime in the next couple of days. Obviously, it's been a little tough with the computer issue. Uh, But also check out the Ice Guys store. Three days left, 20% off everything in the store, Uh, all the different items. we got everything in stock. Check that out right now. There's only three days left for you to save. So go to iceguys.myspreadshop.com.
1: Check that out right now. All right, great stuff. And, yes, uh, you're right. Best bet. Uh, as ice X in our chat says, that's pretty funny. Uh, take the night off. Uh, there you go, best bet. <laughs> take the night off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's not the worst night to do that because we do have a huge slate tomorrow. A yeah. uh, huge, huge Saturday card. We have – I'm counting it up. We've got 15 games uh, in the NHL tomorrow. All but two teams in the NHL are playing tomorrow. 30 of the 32 teams uh, in action. Uh, on saturday uh, in the nhl now alex won't be with us tomorrow but he might yeah. be in the chat during the show right. uh, we will yeah. have of course our saturday guest beachy uh, will be joining us kevin beach player prop guru and we also might have kyle bond who was supposed to join us a few saturdays ago had to reschedule uh slated to be on with us tomorrow as well so uh we'll still have you covered we'll still have a full house uh, on the uh, ice guys show uh and uh, looking forward to that tomorrow at noon eastern and a massive 15 game saturday nhl card all right we'll wrap this show up with best bets uh, right after we hear and we'll go back to back with our two great sponsors gramco and manscaped
0: support for the ice guys is brought to you by gramco whether you or your team's game is on the field screen racetrack court or the ice gramco is for the game grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics gramco provides customers with consistent quality delta 8 thc products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta-8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta-8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, Use promo code ICEGUYS. You will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today.
1: Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair. Uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit. And the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and ready for best bets to wrap it up. Uh, this is slim pickings, Alex, but uh, we'll do the best we can. Best bet for a Friday. What do you got?
0: How about this? I give you two and one in different sports, like Utah State tonight in college basketball. But for hockey, we're going to go with that Flames and Ducks first period over. One and a half minus a dollar forty uh you know we know the issues with calgary and and how they can be to given up goals very early in the contest jacob Markson not always uh fully awake in the first five to ten minutes of the contest same thing with john gibson he's been uh, a bit up and down as well and we see anaheim four straight games going over in the first period hope they make it five let's go ducks flames first period over one and a half minus a dollar forty my best bet
1: for this short friday card there you go ducks flames over one and a half a best bet here for uh alex b smith with his uh, with this uh, card, my best bet—he's gone over his shot. That's a shot prop. It's—it is what it is. It's a very short slate, but he's gone over in every game since he's been back from his recent injury absence. And if you actually look back before that, he also went over his shots prop, I believe, in the games before he was uh, out for three, for five, six games there. Uh, I don't—I believe, yeah, there were actually in those games before he got hurt, he had shots on over two and a half shots in five of seven games before his injury since coming back from his absence against Pittsburgh and Vegas in the last two games. He's had 10 shots on goal and two over two and a half in both games. I'm talking about who's that mystery person for best bet. It's Sam Bennett for the Florida Panthers, Sam Bennett over two and a half shots on goal. We're going to go with that for best bet uh, here tonight uh, in this, on this Friday card, Sam Bennett, Florida Panthers, Over two and a half shots on goal, minus 140. Uh, That is going to be my best bet for this Friday uh, NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple podcasts spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, amazon music and more download the ice guys podcast when you can't watch the show live and our betcast yes one last time before we wrap up should mention that next tuesday make sure you join us next tuesday march 14th our next ice guys live betcast 7 p.m eastern live betting commentary me alex all of our guests uh, drinking and courage dm at bobano on twitter or email bobano 350 at gmail.com and we will get you on board for the Betcast next tuesday night march 14th at 7 p.m eastern for alex b smith i'm ian cameron have a great friday night enjoy the games and good luck join us for the massive saturday breakdown and card tomorrow on the ice guys presented by national hockey now <laughs>